My personal message is always, um, identify what your actual dream is in life. Identify. Okay? Figure out it. Like, and when I say identify, I mean, like, it doesn't matter how crazy you think it is. Mm-hmm. Identify what that dream is. And if it's possible, on any level, try and pursue it. Hello and welcome to the Main Man Show. We are coming to you from our studios in Riyadh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And today we have a award-winning, globally acclaimed comedian who took the time to be in our studios today, Russell Peters. I would have preferred legendary, but okay. Yeah, okay. Well, <clears throat> legendary. <laughs> How about that? We give you a nice rare, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So uh, you've been here quite some time. You know, it's not your first time in Saudi Arabia. Second, second. No, third time in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Second time in Riyadh. Okay. And uh, I was here in 2015 or 26, January 2016. Yeah. That was a great, that was a great time back then. And then I was here um, two days before I got married. Yeah. Well, I was in uh, Alula. Yes. And now the thing with um, like, the na- it's a great name for mm-hmm. a place. Yeah. But it's not a good name to tell Indian people. Yes. Because. Uh, Why is that? Lula means penis. All right. <laughs> so okay. when I go, hey, I'm going to be in Alula, they go, who's? And I. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah, so. Okay. And then, and, and, uh, so how, how'd, you, how'd you find the difference between being in Al-Ula and, and Riyadh? Well, you understand, I was in Riyadh in January of 2016. It was a very different country then. Yeah. And so to see Alula built up in the middle of nowhere, really, it mm-hmm. is, right? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's technically it's, the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty wild what they've done out there. Yeah. And, you know, even the uh, venue was like a, a mirrored. The Mariah uh, building. It's, uh, Mariah in Arabic means glass. Yeah. You know, as well. Mirrored, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. What was that? It was a mirrored um, uh, you know, theater, structure. Yeah, whatever theater. it was. It was amazing. Okay. And uh, how would you find the, the acoustics? Because a lot of performers compliment the acoustics. The, the acoustics are great in there because it's built for that, and they put the sound dampeners in there. Yeah. Now, that can't be said. The same be said for when I just performed in Egypt. It was a cavernous new sports arena, and the show was good, but the echo was incredible. It was like it was throwing my timing off. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, how, how does that affect your, you know, like getting the crowd's vibe when that happens? Well, because I'm, I'm hearing this constant noise of myself. I don't mm-hmm. know if the audience was catching it, but I know I was catching it. All right. So they may not catch it because they're sitting in front of the speakers, but because I'm sitting behind them, mm-hmm. I'm sitting behind them. It's, it's slapping back right at me. Yeah. So what makes performing in the kingdom different? You know, like how's the crowd, their energy, their vibe, how you feed off of them? Like how's it? I don't know. It's been eight, eight, uh, eight years, right? Yeah. We're going to find out how different it is now. Okay. And, uh, um, I'm, I'm excited to see because, you know, it, I don't even recognize it when I was driving here today. Okay. It looks like a completely different country now. Yeah. And if all that happened in eight years, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by it. I mean, you should see what's going to happen in six months. I mean, six to eight months. Every time I travel and come back, I get lost. Yeah, <laughs> from it's, here. it's wild. You see, like, I didn't even look like the same place we came to before. Yeah? Yeah. All right. And, you know, since you've been in and out of the country a couple of times, what have you experienced when it comes to, like, the Saudi culture, food, and everything? Like, I'm sure somebody's taking you out. <laughs> um, I just remember everybody being extremely generous yeah. with their time, with their, with their money, with, uh, with everything. They just, they couldn't do enough for you. Mm-hmm. I remember at the hotel, uh, they said, how did you sleep? And I said, it was honestly, it was like the best, the most comfortable bed I'd ever felt in my life. For real? Yeah. Literally. It was like, that was the, I like from the pillows to the blanket, to the sheets, to the bed, every part of this was, I had the best sleep of my life that time, that night. Yeah. And, uh. When I came back to my hotel room, they had packed up all the uh, 
stuff that I complimented and, and shipped it to me in America. Oh, that was a very nice one. That was very nice. <laughs> that doesn't happen in, in a lot of places. Yeah, no, I was like, wow. Yeah, it's like overly nice. Yeah, I don't even know whose pee stain that was on the blanket, but um, <laughs> I took it, man. I took it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your current tour. You know, um, tell us a little bit about you know your tour. Where where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You know, where did it start? Where is it going to end? Where did it start? How many cities are you going to? Well, it's it's the Accurate Age tour is that literally right at the end right now. Yeah. So it started, technically it started in Abu Dhabi in September 2001, uh, yeah. 2021. All right. I, I mean, technically, I say technically because it was sort of the tour, but it hadn't, the tour hadn't actually kicked in full gear yet. Okay. Um, and um, it's going to end in Bangalore, India. Okay. In, uh, in a week, I think, right? In a week? Sounds about right. So how do you do that? Like, how, how do you fly your- <laughs> so many places you and manage to, to have that's that what you engine. do that's what you do and you know you like manage to have that funny man engine actually not just perform you know? well you know i mean you? it's i'm not i'm not faking it so yeah. it's a lot easier when you're not faking it you know <laughs> yeah literally look i just flew in from abu dhabi just now yeah i know and you're in our and studios I, I came yeah. i didn't even go to the hotel i, I have the room key in my yes. pocket i haven't yeah. even gone to the hotel i still got my passport in my uh, pocket you must not like me right now right <laughs> no you're good you're good yeah if i didn't want to do it i would have been like nah i'm, I'm not doing this i appreciate it appreciate it and uh so you know you're you've won lots of awards uh and you know for your performance as a comedian and everything and you've just been recently i mean not recently but you also were named by rolling stone as one of the greatest comedians of all time it's pretty great isn't it? yeah i mean how, how does it <laughs> but i like, mean for me i was like I, I i when that list came out i go i don't want to see this list i know i'm not going to be on it i was on it i go oh my god i'm on the list this is great <laughs> yeah so like what, some of the people they didn't put on the list were were i was like wow i can't believe that person didn't make the list there's really? people that are way funnier than i am that didn't make the list so who do you think you know deserves like a uh, praise i guess you know, i mean everybody on that list uh for the most part mm-hmm. deserved to be on that list there was people on that list where i was like mm, that's political that person's not funny yeah that person they're just not good but for whatever reason the industry likes that person or those people or whatever and yeah. They got on the list. All right. But it's more about familiarity when it comes to those lists than it is about the best. Even when they do like the top 50 rappers of all time. Yeah. They leave out, like they say rappers, but they're not, you know, they're not actually putting the best rappers on there. They're putting the most popular rappers on yeah, there, the which ones, is, yeah, the ones who are like the better MCs are the ones that aren't making money. It's the same with the DJ world. You know, the people that are mm-hmm. the top DJs mm-hmm. are not good DJs yeah. on any day. Like I could take out these guys. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm a good DJ. Though, yeah. I mean, but like I look at these guys and I go, you're not, you're not actually DJing. So it's all, poli- it's, everything's political. You know all how right. it is. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. So um, who influenced you? Like, you know, who influenced, like which comedians did you grow up to? And you're like, hey man, this guy's good. Like, you know, like. I mean, it was George Carlin, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I love Don Rickles. Um, I mean, so many people. Cheech and Chong, Steve Martin. Yeah. All right. It was a lot. I mean, I watched a lot of comedy growing up. Okay. Or listen to it back then too, because you'd yeah. listen to it on the radio. Yeah, then uh, you would listen to comedy more than you would watch comedy back then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember you just get all those. There's also CDs that you could buy, like Adam well, Sandler I'm, CDs. I'm going back before that. I'm talking 70s, where For we got real? records. Yeah, my parents had a Red Fox record in the house. It was called Dirty Jokes. Okay, I mean, yeah, there definitely was Red, and, Mo- <laughs> Red and Fox, was, and, and they had it stuck stuck in the middle of their records. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't find it, but I found it. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I was listening to it. I was. It, that's how good it was back then. Like you had to be really funny in order to make somebody laugh just from sounds, All right? Without seeing their expressions or anything. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the wit. Yeah, all of that it's was an very important back then. Yeah, and um, so you know, and, and you were also the first comedian to sell out Toronto's uh, Air Canada Center in two thousand. 
seven, and that's a huge. I've done it now arena. nine times now. Nine times already. Nine, right? Nine. Eight or nine. Okay. And how about the first time when you when you sold out? How did that feel? It was amazing. Well, yeah. we we sold it out. We were talking. I think we have it on video too. As a matter of fact, my brother and I talking about doing that, and he was like, "I think you should do like the." Hummingbird Center, which is down the road. Mm -hmm. going, I think we should try a bigger plane, just see what happens. Okay. I mean, if it doesn't sell, we'll scale it back so that it fits those people, you know? Okay. And we put it on sale and it sold out right away. Okay. And we added a second show and that sold out right away. We're like, oh, I think we're onto something here, guys. <laughs> we were both like, right. oh, shit, didn't see that coming, did we? All right. So what's the biggest venue you sold out in your career so far? I mean, it's those 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 arenas are, all, are pretty much it, you know? Yeah. I what? think uh, Rogers in the Rogers Center in... Uh, in Vancouver had 18,000 people, right? Yeah. And then we did that two nights in a row, so it was 36,000 people. Wow. That's, that's, that was the same tour, I think, 2007. That's, that's pretty pretty awesome. You're doing WWE Monday Night Raw figures, man. <laughs> I, I was, yeah. I mean, I still do. I, Funny enough, I still sell out these arenas in, in Canada and, and, yeah. and many places around the world. So, yeah, I'm very lucky. All right. And then, uh, to be doing it from 2007 till now. to 2024 is a, is, a, is a feat nobody's done yet. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's. I'm sure know. somebody will beat me, but in the meantime, I hold the record. All right, you can hold on to it as as long. I'm as gonna try and hang out of that as long as I can. All right, well, that's I got good. bills to pay, guys. <laughs> we all do, right? <laughs> and uh, okay, so tell us a little bit about your your beginnings as a stand up comedian. What like I mean, obviously, you know your your success story right now. But when you first started, <clears throat> I mean, I started in 1989. Yeah, and what was? I just what? went up, you know, did amateur nights, and you do stand up, and you. you you're doing five minutes. You're not good at it. You're not good at it for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I was terrible. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I did okay. I was awful. All right. I mean, I got one laugh, and I think that's all I needed. I heard some one person laugh, and I go, oh, okay, I got one person that doesn't know me, and I made them laugh. <laughs> okay. Let's figure this out. Let's try to figure out how to get more of those people. All right. So w when you're finding your groove, what like if I had to say, like if you had to ref reflect back at that time now as Russell Peters, the global successful comedian, right? What what pops in your head? Um, I don't know. I just remember all the hard gigs. You know, those were the, those were the fun ones. Yeah. When you think about driving five and a half hours um, to get fifty dollars, <laughs> and the only reason I did it was it was like the early nineties. Got to pay so your dues. Fifty dollars would get me a tank of gas there and a tank of gas back. Yeah. They were going to give me free chicken wings. Okay. <laughs> Barbecue. Whatever. <laughs> and uh, free free soda. And I was like, okay, so I. I didn't drink at the time, so I was like, "Okay, perfect. I can, I can have some Coke, mm -hmm. a cola, yeah. and uh, and uh, some wings. Do my show, get my fifty dollars, and go home." And I, the way I the way I justified it all to myself was, if I stayed here, mm -hmm. I'd be in the exact same financial position I would have been had I gone. Okay. So I wasn't losing anything, and I'd stay here and I'd be talking to people for free. But why not go get this fifty dollars of free chicken wings and some free free Coca Cola yeah. and do the show and come back? Yeah, you get the exposure, right? Yeah, and they gave you a free hotel room back then too. But I didn't want it. I was like, I'll just drive home. Yeah, I've always been the guy. That I don't like staying on the last night. Let me go home. Yeah, go home. Yeah, always want to drive back. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what what gig stands out the most to you? Like, there's, I mean, there's no like, one. I mean, there's the first time I got booed off stage stands out. Yeah. Well, 1993. 1993. Where was June that? June of 1993 in you, Toronto. You remember the date exactly? Yeah, I remember <laughs> the month. It was opening for the Far Side, this rap group. Okay. And they were really um, popular at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that song "Passing Me By." I don't remember. 
Yeah. She keeps on passing me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All you right. do? Do you really? Yeah. I remember, no, well, I remember, remember you know, uh, like, kind of, In my course. younger days, I was for a sack. <laughs> when I went to school, carried lunch in a bag. Yes, okay. I remember that anyway, one now. Anyway, yeah. so I opened for them, and okay. I got booed off. Okay. And I deserved to get booed off. Okay. I was, I was cocky, and I was not ready. Okay. And, you know, the irony of that is that... um. I got booed off in 1993, opening for the Far Side, and my wife, my wife now, mm -hmm. um, her ex-boyfriend is in that group. <laughs> for real? Yeah, her like when she was like, uh, like before they made it. But okay, I was like, so everything comes full circle. I guess. <laughs> okay, I mean, this is a small world. <laughs> yeah. if, if, like if, if your wife was ex-boyfriend was in the group. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's 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 uh, shows us a small world, I guess. Yeah. Okay, and uh, so I, I have to ask you this because a lot of the you know a lot of your 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 stand-up sketches involve you doing a parody of your dad and, and i always bust out laughing whenever i hear right. them so uh you know first of all why do you start doing that and 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 uh what's your dad think about it well dad's been dead for 20 years so he doesn't think yeah. much about anything mm -hmm. um okay, I'm sorry about <clears> he, that. no you didn't do it unless your mm -hmm. name's cancer okay um mm -hmm. he well i never i was never actually doing a parody of him okay and he knew that Oh, all right. Because he didn't sound like that. I was doing my friend's father because my friend's father was hilarious. For real? Yeah, my friend's father had that, that accent. The one I'm doing on stage is my friend's father because yeah. my dad didn't sound like that. Oh, okay. So all it right. just wasn't funny if I did my dad properly on mm -hmm. stage. I mean, there's there's times where I said things that my dad actually said, mm -hmm. but I would put it in that guy's voice. You know what I mean? Okay. And that voice was far more connecting to other people than my dad's actual voice was. Mm -hmm. And and, and uh, since, you know, what, what stood out about the, the accent for you when you were studying it? You know, well, no, I mean, just that. I wasn't studying it. It was just like I would do it all the time growing up. I would just, okay. You know, to try and get out of situations, you know, you dealt with a lot of racism growing up. So, wow. you, know, right. you just kind of figure out a way of getting out of situations by being funny. Okay. And, uh, you know, aside from the, the stand up and everything, you're a DJ and you've, you've also given me some surprises that, you know, you're in jujitsu right now, right? <laughs> I've been doing jujitsu eight and a half years, yeah. Okay. And uh, so, what, what, what made you want to get into martial arts, I guess? Well, I started boxing because I was getting bullied so much when I okay. was 15. Just before I turned 16, I started boxing. Okay. Well, because a friend of mine, I was getting beat up, and I was about to change schools. And the school I was about to go to was a very tough school. Yeah. I was getting kicked out of the school. That was actually, the funny thing is I was getting bullied in this one school. I was getting bullied right up until the 10th grade. Mm -hmm. And then after 10th grade, I got kicked out of that school, and I went to another school. Right. And the school I was going to was like known for being a tough school. I did a lot of tough kids in that school. Like, yeah, not not tough neighborhood. Not tough, just or like just a tough school, just little, in general. A bit more gangster in that school, you know. All what right, I mean? okay. And uh, I realized something when I got to that school. I, I well, I didn't want to go to that school and get bullied there too. Mm -hmm. So I figured I better learn how to fight. Okay. And the funny thing is, when I went to that school, the tougher kids were never bullies. Okay. Like they, they I never got bullied in that school. Okay. I realized when I was there that the bullies are the soft kids in the other school. All right. Yeah, because the tough kids weren't going to bully you. They would, they would actually do something to you. They weren't like, yeah. Well, you know, they were the and, and, that's, I, and subsequently, <laughs> like throughout the years of my life, I've become friends with a lot of, uh, lack of a better term, gangsters, you know? Okay. And they're the sweetest guys I know. I would trust them with anything. Yeah. And I trust them way more than the guy who's going to be the not fight you guy. Yeah. You know? The one who's just there and. Talks a lot of, a lot yeah, of yeah. smack, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the guy that talks a lot of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, and uh, so you, before you were a comedian, you know, you, you were also a DJ. Yep. So, all right, and... Uh, I still DJ. You still DJ. Still DJ to yeah. this day. Do, do, you, do you do tours as a, nah. as a DJ now, or you just do it for fun? No, I do it for fun, because right. I don't I don't play music um, that... I play, I play music for me. 
Okay. Not not playing. And if you want an old school party, I'm your guy. All right. Okay. Then yeah, definitely, man. I, lo- if I love. If you want old school like current music, music no, I'm not yeah. your guy. It's okay. I'm... My crowd is not a good looking crowd. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I yeah. have a crowd to begin with, but. I think my fans will come out to a show thinking, oh, he's going to DJ. Yeah. And the people don't really understand what DJing is anymore, the art of DJing. Yeah, exactly. What it actually is. Mm-hmm. Like, guys will now be like, oh, I'm this type of DJ. Oh, I'm that. I'm a house DJ. Oh, I'm an EDM DJ. I'm a hip hop DJ. I go, but back in the day, you weren't. Yeah, it was just. You didn't have a label. Campus. You were a DJ. Yeah, exactly. You had to play everything. You had yes. to know how to play everything. Yeah. You had to know every genre of music and know how to play it and when to play it. Okay. Like, my tour DJ right now that, that's with me for the longest time starting from scratch yeah he's probably one of the best djs you'll ever hear in your life yeah will he ever make tiesto money i really hope he does but i don't think it's going to happen because that's not the world we live in where people want talent yeah exactly exactly they want the guy doing jumping jacks mm-hmm. and uh who's who's opening for you this time uh adam adam hunter, adam hunter yeah he's got a, a very popular uh instagram feed called mma roasted mm-hmm. where he roasts a lot of the fighters because <clears throat> he's very deep in that world too okay so he's uh, he's opening for me. He's killing it too. Very funny. Yeah, and um, so you strike me as a rapper's delight kind of DJ, <laughs> right? Like I play rapper's delight. Yeah, you play. Rap. No, I would go deeper. It ha- go deeper. I go deeper. What would be your song? I mean, there's songs that I like to play, but I have to play them for short amounts of time. Yeah, you got to play like four songs that they want to hear. Like that's going to get them hyped. And then I slip one of mine in, and then I'll keep going. All right. But even mine might get them hyped too. You know, like you know, one of my go-to's is Black Trump by uh, by uh, Smith and Wesson. All right. With Smith and Wesson and Raekwon from Wu Tang. Yeah, I know Raekwon. And uh, Raekwon, funny enough, just text me. All right. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, literally, he just yeah. texted me. He knows you're in Saudi. I just told him I'm in Saudi. He yeah. told me he's in Cancun. All right, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah. Right. And and uh, where's your next stop after Saudi? I'm going to India. India. The motherland. The motherland. Yeah. And how, how does that feel when? I love going to India. Yeah. Uh, I that's the place where I feel the most. Ironically, feel at home there, and I was you know never born there, and never I was never raised there, but. I feel very much at home when I go there. Is that the place where you get a lot of rasuls? You know? Oh, there's a lot of there's that everywhere. <laughs> you get that everywhere. But okay. I love it there. All right. And um, so you, you've you've been interviewed by Arab News a couple of times since since you've been here. Uh, I have. You know, yeah. And oh, different Arab News or this uh, well, actual Arab News? No, this actual. Well, I'm part of Arab News. No, but I figured like, that. I yeah, just, this is I actual. You mean like Arab, like the Arab world? No, the not news. the Arab world. I mean Arab News, the oldest English daily here. In, in, in Saudi, so nice. I'm in, since 1973. 1973, yeah, you're good. Man. You got a good nice. memory. <laughs> you guys are the same age as hip hop. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So what's you your? Should, that should be their moniker. Yeah, Arab news. We're as old as hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so, what's your thoughts about you know basically like a newspaper taking taking it upon itself to have like a digital footprint to tell? I mean, you have to. Yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of like a DJ uh, having to switch over to Serato. Yeah. Yeah, playing records was fun and cool and everything. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't make your career out of that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Right, you're gonna have to switch over to digital. You know, it's like you know, mm-hmm. uh, I got to put things online now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the world we live in. You got to go with what's happening. You may not like the change, but it's the change is coming whether you like it or not. Yeah, exactly. So get on board with it or get off. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. You know, we're not excited about AI. We're scared of AI, mm-hmm. but it's coming, <laughs> and we better figure out how to work with it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, so you, um, when we when I reached out to your team about coming on the show and everything, what what, what made you uh, want to accept the offer and have the pain and agony of coming here right after your flight? Well, they said you won an award. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, they said Rolling Stone named you as one of the top fifty podcasts. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wish, man. Uh, no, we won a Wan Ifra award, which is what a bit. It? Yeah, it was. Uh, What's it called? 
the WAN IFRA, so the World Association of News Publishers. So it's oh, wow. A bit more dull than, uh, you know, Rolling Stone, but it's it's critical. It's, 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 no, it's good. Yeah, works good. Well, appreciate the fact that you, you came here. And, uh, well, you thanks should... for making me come. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We, the we... reason this table's white. Um... <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look, before I wrap up my interviews, usually mm -hmm. I ask my, my guests, like, if they have a personal message to the audience. What's, what's yours? Obviously, because, you know, you... You've My personal message is always um, identify what your actual dream is in life. Mm -hmm. Identify it. Okay. Figure out, like, and when I say identify it, I mean, like, it doesn't matter how crazy you think it is. Mm -hmm. Identify what that dream is. And if it's possible on any level, try and pursue it. Okay. It's better to have pursued your dream and failed than mm -hmm. sitting there wondering what would have happened if I pursued it. Yeah. I mean. And if it's really your passion, you really cut out for that. It'll happen. Yeah. And you'll be very happy you did that. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I have something similar, which is a little more fluffier, which mm -hmm. is basically reach for the stars. At least if you fall, you land on a cloud, right? I mean, because yeah. you can reach for what you want to reach for, but if you don't get there, you're still not going to be at the same place you started, right? That's right. You yeah. got to, you got to, takes a, you get, takes a series of dots to form a line. Okay. And by that, I don't mean a bunch of Indian guys in a line, a bunch of dots. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, man, we, we won't take much of your time. Uh, appreciate the fact that you that you're here. And uh, on on spirit of of your comedic work, I'm gonna close the episode with with something. So tune in to the May Man Show. Otherwise, somebody's gonna get hurt. Somebody gonna get hurt real bad. I don't know why you made it have a Texas accent. Let's try that again. Now. All right. You somebody do it. gonna get hurt real bad. All right. <laughs> tune in to the May Man Show, or somebody gonna get hurt real bad. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Guys. See you.